Hey Lodgecasters, welcome to the Lodgecast, the official podcast of Gentleman'sAvenue.com. You're listening to our podcast show. I'm your host, Mr. M. This is being recorded at the Lodge in Whittier, California. We're on the 13th floor, the penthouse suite. That's right, folks. We went to the top of Whittier's tallest building, and we're here broadcasting this show. So you're going to want to stay tuned. This is episode 19. Man, can you? I can't even begin to imagine or to even fathom, man, how I went from starting at the teaser episode of Double Lot to 19 in a few short months. Let's see. I started back in uh, February. And here we are six months later, already at episode 19. We have a great guest lined up for you. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that interview. And you know what? He's going to be playing a few songs. So you're going to want to stay tuned. We have Brendan McPeak. Not only is he an amazing soul singer, uh, rhythm and blues guy, but uh, he's also a barber, man. So this is one of those things. I mean, I know lately I've had a few barbers on, but you know what? This it's kind of like when you find somebody that's doing something special, man, you bring them on and, and, you know, let them share their story, right? Uh, everybody's got a story and, uh, you know, so anyways, you're going to want to stay tuned for that episode, uh, interview. It'll be coming up later. Today is August 5th, 2017. Remember, you can find this on our website at gentlemansavenue.com forward slash the Lodgecast, iTunes, Google play on social media, on Instagram. It's at Lodgecast. On Twitter, it's at the Lodgecast. Don't forget, folks, we have a podcast, which is the audio-only portion, and then we also have a vodcast. So there's a video of this entire episode that you can find. You want to watch this show and see what we talked about, see the clips, or you want to see them, you know, talking or whatever. You can watch the show. You can check it out. So make sure you check those things out. All right. So now that we have that done, let me tell you the latest and the greatest with Gentleman'sAvenue.com. Um, on a personal level, obviously every day is a daily struggle. Some days are more of a hellish nightmare than others, but I think it's what a person does mentally, emotionally, spiritually, how you process that. I mean, I wish I could sit here and tell you I'm changing my reality. And you know what? If you're out there listening going, man, he's going to talk about his pain again. You know what? Then whatever. There's people out there that are going through things. And you know what? I want to share because maybe one person will be touched by this and maybe they'll be like, you know what? Yeah, I'm not alone. Whatever. Going through depression or going through whatever manic episodes or anxiety or pain or or they're suffering through some disease. You know, the way I look at it is maybe somebody out there is listening. Maybe one person will be helped by this. So anyways, I go through it every damn day, every damn day. There's not a day that's 24 seven does not go away. Some days you're able to function a little bit more than others. And I mean function, it doesn't mean normalcy. It does not mean being normal, you know, pre-May 2016. No, no, I don't refer to that. But I want you guys to know that it's every day, man, what you do mentally, how you prepare, how you 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 process it, you know, you're, you'll be okay. You're not going to die from whatever's happening in your life. So... That's my thing. And, you know, this humidity lately, it's been crazy here. Uh, we had like crazy thunderstorms. It's like 98, 100 degrees and it's pouring rain outside, uh, which was insane. And it really does a number on my condition. 
But, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's cooling down a little bit. So that's a good thing. And matter of fact, this episode is the latest I've ever filmed an episode. Let's see. I'll tell you exactly what time it is. It's almost eight o'clock at night. Yeah. But you know, it's cool because there's no box here. I talked to the entire staff, me, myself and I, and we decided, Hey, you know what? If it's got to be then, then we could do it. Uh, you know, the 13th floor at the penthouse and Whittier's tallest building is always available. Hey, if you're going to pay for the marble floors, you know, you're going to have access to whenever you need it. Uh, today, August 5th, we started a new project. Uh, it's totally top secret. But man, I am so excited by this project because it's going to blow a lot of people out of the water. And uh, I'm blessed that people have come alongside uh, to make it happen because obviously physically, uh, you know, I have my limitations. So anyways, uh, you guys will be getting something about that in the next few months here. But, uh, you know, everything's good. Mentally, you have to find a way to go push down that negativity, that depression, that anxiety. You mentally on a moment to moment notice. And like I said, if you're out there struggling, man, just dig deep down, pray, meditate, whatever it is you got to do. Be grateful. Be grateful on a moment-to-moment basis. And I'm grateful for our guest here today. We have Brendan McPeak. Brendan, why don't you come on in and uh, we'll start this interview. Man, I finally, finally have you here. <laughs> it's my pleasure, man. No, I'm I'm, uh, I'm totally blessed, man, that you're here because uh, I'm a fan. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I know that probably sounds corny. People probably think, you know, when they watch these podcasts, they're probably like, man, this guy's just like a fanboy of people, right? <laughs> <laughs> but but I look at it as, you know what, is uh, the people that come on here, not only do they uh, impress me, but I feel that they have something special, mm. you know, uh, they're doing something that right. if somebody's out there, whatever, whatever people are going through, man, I've had... Uh, Omar Romero, a rockabilly musician that's gone through some crazy things and he's a barber and he's traveled the world. But you know what? He came on here and to hear him talk about his struggle with anxiety, with depression, mm. you know, it's to me, it's like, let, let's, let's pull off the Instagram. Let's pull off the hashtags. There you go. Right. Yeah. We're people. Absolutely. I mean, we're, 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 we're human. We're three dimensional. We're not, uh, who would have thought that the, uh, the symbol on your phone, the little we call tic-tac-toe, which we now call hashtag, right, would be the thing that defines us. True. Right? Absolutely, yeah. Social media has, has made people, to a certain degree, a caricature. Yeah, a brand in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let, let me be a brand trendsetter. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah, a trip, man. Because, Brandon, you are not only a barber, but you're a musician. Yes, sir. So, what came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> <laughs> if chicken is the musician, then that came first. Um, it's funny because uh, I originally started barbering to free myself up to play music. Mm-hmm. That's why I started barbering. And, you know, a lot of musicians will tell you that they always need some kind of side hustle you know there's mm-hmm. there's slow times for sure and uh i was i was pretty young maybe like 22 and was going to mount zion barbershop a lot mm-hmm. and i was going there for cuts okay. and they had heard my music and were like hey if you ever need a cut come through because they know i lived in orange county mm-hmm. and so i did 
and uh got a great cut and the vibe was great and the music was amazing so mm-hmm. i was like this is my spot plus at the time it was like eight bucks <laughs> so i was like this is amazing man we won't call it a chop shop but it was eight bucks <laughs> <laughs> i think since it's a little a little more uh upscale i guess you could say but it was great man and the guys were so cool and uh they had their own clothes and hats and everything you can mm-hmm. think of and i was like you know, these guys are doing something really cool in this community. So I was getting my haircut there for a couple of years. And uh, at the time, I would go for seven weeks at a time, eight weeks at a time. We'd go tour and then we'd come home mm-hmm. and I'd have three weeks to do nothing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, how can I, in those times, make the most of it? And uh, Scott at the shop was like, you ever thought about barbering? And mm-hmm. I was like not one time never thought about it It wasn't like i was a dope barber but on the side or like Mm -hmm. i never really cut my friend's hair it wasn't really like that Mm -hmm. um he just said you know i think you could be good at it you got an artistic eye Mm -hmm. think about it i'm like all right so i thought about it and looked into it and found a found a school over here on the torrance compton line Mm -hmm. that was super cheap and i was like you know what i could make that happen Okay. It took me almost two years to get my license because I couldn't go that often. Mm-hmm. So my teacher was cool with me going and touring and playing. And when I came home, I would just get as many hours as I could. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as a barber, you got to clock 1,500 hours. So it took me about two years to do that. But took my state board, passed it the first time. And he let me start cutting at the shop. Wow. And at the time, it was perfect for me because I was fresh as a barber. Mm-hmm. And I was getting reps. Like, I would cut 22, 23, 25 (laughs) heads a day. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And for me, that was crazy. But I learned so much. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they were really good about, like, pulling me aside and being like, all right, when you're at this part, this is what you do. Or here's what you do for this. And uh, I I cut hair for probably, like, three years on and off. Mm -hmm. And then music really took off. And I put put the shears down, the clippers down for probably five years. Wow! I didn't cut at all. Just my friends at work because I was. I also started working at a a music school Mm -hmm. and was running it for a little while. And my friends at work that knew I was a barber, uh, I would give them cuts like on our lunch break, Mm -hmm. and they'd be like, "That's the best haircut I ever got, man! You're my barber." And so I'd cut at work once in a while, but about five years, I barely cut at all. So then, I when I because do you do you even remember me going in? I I mean that's fine if you don't because obviously Mount Zion probably had. Well over a hundred oh, people. I mean, Easy. probably a couple hundred for sure going through each day. Yeah, and uh, and that's where I first saw you. Right, and I think we probably, I think we actually talked once. Yeah, uh, I don't. It's remember. It's hard to forget a dapper man like yourself. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know what? Right now, I just remembered what we talked about. What was it? Uh, Nick Waterhouse. Mm. Uh, we started talking, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know how I brought it up or something and or other. I, I, but I remember the topic was. Uh, Nick Waterhouse. Yeah. Uh, because I knew you were into music. You right. were originally you started with, or was that your first band, Shaka? Yeah, for the most part. Okay. Yeah. I was in hip hop groups before that, mm-hmm. but the first band that made any noise that was legitimate was Shaka for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they weren't, because I, I, I've, I've heard them. And first of all, let, let's, it, Shaka is a Christian rap metal. We were just rhythm. It's like a whole bunch of the, a whole bunch of things. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And uh, one thing that maybe people I know, absolutely nobody out there knows, 
about me yeah. is that I actually studied in graduate school uh, religion. Oh, really? So when I saw the word shaka, oh, okay. obviously there's even a guttural there, and I won't try to do it there here is, yeah. and embarrass myself. You got to hock the loogie in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's a Hebrew word. It is. Right? Yeah. Um, and tell us what it meant for you guys, because I could tell you the definition, but sure. tell what did it mean for the band? You know, it's funny because the band, as you as most people knew it, was not we didn't set out to be a band it wasn't like hey you know we're gonna make original music and we're gonna you know change the world mm -hmm. it was a worship team at a, at a church okay. that i didn't go to and i started going over there just to see my friends once in a while and they knew i was a rapper in the area mm -hmm. and so they would literally they would call me up in the middle of church when they were playing worship songs and tell me to rap over these worship songs mm -hmm. So, so it'd be like whatever you could think of you are my strength when i am weak and i go up there like i'm feeling a lyrical but just start rapping over it you know what i mean it was so at the time those people were very gracious because mm -hmm. i can't see people really doing that very often <laughs> inviting a kid up to rap over this stuff but at the time they were just trying to get us involved you know what i mean mm. so uh we got asked to come they got asked to come lead worship at a at a church down here in Orange County. Mm -hmm. And they were like, hey, well, you need to come and rap because there's going to be like 3,000 people there and we don't have very many songs. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I'll fill some time. You know what I mean? So we ended up, from that one night, we ended up becoming a band for 10 years. Wow. And it wasn't like, all right, we're going to be a band or we're going to make an album. It was just like, let's go play this one night and see mm -hmm. what happens. And the phone just kept ringing, man, for 10 years. Wow. Yeah, so... There came a point, to answer your question, there came a point where they needed to know what we call ourselves because mm -hmm. we didn't have a name. And uh, I was I actually went to uh, a private school after high school and studied the Bible myself. Mm -hmm. And I was studying the Old Testament instances of worship mm -hmm. because I was intrigued by it. I hear often the proskuneo, the Greek term for the for the word worship in the in the New Testament, but I, I hadn't heard the Old Testament word as much or seen the instances of it, mm -hmm. and um, so the word shaka uh, was was something that I was studying, and they said, you know, what do you guys call yourselves? And we were back in the green room one night, and I was like, hey, you know, there's this word shaka. It means to to like bow down in reverence in worship to a king or a deity. Why don't we just call it what it is? Mm -hmm. You know, like that's what we're doing. Let's call it what it is. And the guys unanimously were unanimously were like, let's do that. Yeah. So we just told the guy that night, where's your gone? And that was it. And, and, and it kind of, it kind of, uh, I think, well, first of all, let's, let's define what worship, because maybe some people out there, maybe sure. they, they obviously don't know t terminology. Um, worship team is the church house band, basically. Sure. Right? Like as, as a slang term, worship music is the music that they play in church. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The reality, worship is a lot deeper than that. Mm -hmm. Worship is everything you do at all times, really. Mm -hmm. um, and people think, you know, when I'm at church, I worship. When I'm at home, I don't. But the reality is we all worship all the time. Mm -hmm. It's just what we worship. You know what I mean? When your you, existence, you, your, your actions. Absolutely. When you stop worshiping God, you don't stop worshiping. Mm -hmm. You just start worshiping anything. So, I mean, that's that's really the depth of worship. But as we talk about a worship team or worship music as slang, just the music they play in church. Yeah. 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 yeah which is, yeah, because people are probably going like, what's this guy talking about worship? Yeah, right? what is that? Yeah, right. 
the Satanism. <laughs> but <laughs> um, so yeah, it's that bow that bowing down prostrate which most yeah, people man. don't even you know obviously even in english they don't even use the word prostrate no I mean, or a, even know what the hell word it means to use right? because sometimes you might slip like that yeah. was our biggest concern at one point was don't say prostate <laughs> there's an r in there you know what i mean <laughs> make sure you hit that r on the way out <laughs> yeah yeah man because yeah, it, it is that it is that total complete laying yourself bare absolutely down yeah in right complete submission yeah like i mean biblical reference when when job thinks he has a case against god Mm -hmm. and thinks like god treated me unfairly Mm -hmm. if there were some kind of cosmic lawyer that could mediate between me and god i'd have a case against him i'd win i know for a fact Mm -hmm. and god hears job and says really is that what you think Mm -hmm. and he goes in on him for three chapters straight Tell me where, you know, when the eagles fly around the mountain, where do they go? Where's their nest? Do you know? Mm-hmm. You know. Of course you know. Uh, who told the ocean you could go that far and then you got to stop? Was it you, Job? I don't remember. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He starts pressing him in. And then uh, after he goes in on him for like three chapters, Job falls on his face, just falls flat on his face and says, I spoke once. I won't speak again. Mm-hmm. He says, obviously, I've, I've uttered things too wonderful for me to understand. And that action there, when he's falling on his face, that's that word shakah right there. Mm-hmm. When Moses takes his shoes off and the burning bur- at the burning bush, that's shakah right there. Mm-hmm. Like when he when he falls on his face and worship. So yeah, it's a heavy word. It's not just like sing a simple song. Yeah, it's, not, it's not a lady up there with the organ, right? <laughs> no, did, the B three, the little the little Hammond organ, right? Yeah, yeah no, it's not rhythm. what you think of. Yeah, Matter yeah. of fact, speaking on and uh, you know, if you're out there and you're like these guys are gonna get all religious, it's not. This is uh, just great literature that I enjoy. Yeah. And in that story of Job, I had the premier scholar on Job in, in school. He wrote the premier commentary oh, wow. on Job, yeah. Dr. John Hartley. And um, he said, the, the story of Job is not about him. Right he just happens to be like a casualty in the story, but it's not about mm. him. Right. It's really about God. The nature of God. Yeah. It's that he never answers him. He does not have to give him an, in which is for human beings, no matter whatever you, whatever religion you are out there. Right. It's the thing of, if something is truly a deity, it does not answer to you. Absolutely. Even like Moses. Mm-hmm. Tell me your name. Yeah. Because I can control you based on Egyptian belief. Right. If I have your name, I can kind of summons you and control you like a puppet. Yep. And he basically answers, don't worry about what my name is. Yeah. It's none of your business. You will never control me. Not ever. I mean, if, if if you're whatever you worship or you don't worship or believe in system... If it's something you can manipulate, well, then it's probably not that damn divine to begin with. No doubt about it, man. Yeah. And even as you said, even speaking into literature, Job is one of the premier literary pieces that we have in in language in general. You know what I mean? Yeah. To see a human being. And it is. It's that sense of a human being. Like uh, I shared with you a little bit earlier, and, and people that listen to the podcast are aware of my situation with my back and pain right, and everything. Yeah. And it. it to find that there's a lot of people going through that. I mean, America, there's like an opioid crisis. Oh, man. Please believe. Because people are struggling with yes. things. And 
to find some sort of t- at least temporary remedy mentally, spiritually, emotionally that you could tap into something else. I mean, because to me, this show isn't just, hey, man, I'm bringing people on and we're going to sit there and just shoot the breeze all damn day. To me, at the end of the day, I want it to, there's to be some sort of substance sure. at the end of the day, man, Why not? because yeah. uh, this is all that I'm leaving on earth. And so when I always tell guys this, I say, you know, when some poor sucker 50 or hundred years from now looks up barbering podcast or whatever music, soul music, they're going to mm-hmm. look at this as a point of reference on what was real back then. True. And I'm what not talking Wikipedia real. Believe you. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm talking about just like, me when i had to do research in grad school right i went to the best sources i could find mm. and go what did they say what did they write yeah and what did you know what was documented and so anyways you're you're because you're a man and i don't i mean do you feel you're just like a is it a religion to you or i mean what what is it is it I, no i i've never gravitated toward the word religion because to me, religion speaks of a, of a mindless repetition mm-hmm. more so. You know what I mean? Um, and people have, have played out the term, it's not religion, it's relationship. But the reality is, I believe that God chose to make himself known to humanity. Mm-hmm. And he chose to do that through the person and the work of his son, Jesus. And when it comes to me, I mean, Jesus defined religion, right? He said, you know true and undefiled religion is going visiting orphans in their time of need and, and pe- women who have lost their husbands doing know? for others that people the unprotected nobody would define religion as that off the street you ask 100 people what is religion no one's going to say that or the commander in chief he would have a problem with what those words in red <laughs> right yeah for sure Not- so you know to me it's it it very much is um a pursuit of the relationship that God initiated. Mm-hmm. I guess I would say that. See, because I'm, I'm the worst. I'm the worst <laughs> religious person in the world. Why is that? I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm almost sacrilege. I, I'm like, I joke around. I tell people if I ever go into a church, the building will fall, you know? Uh, it, yeah. But um, that's a whole nother bag of chips there. <laughs> we don't want to talk about those cool ranch or nacho flavored Doritos right now. But... <laughs> No, but I think that's, um, but that's part of not only who you are, but it comes out because as a barber, you still have that obligation, right? You're providing a service. You're dealing with, uh, you're dealing with a human being. The human condition. I mean, you see, yes, it's mostly male, but you Mm -hmm. see this broad spectrum of the human condition. What are people worried about? Mm -hmm. What are people thinking about? What are people excited about? These are all things as a barber, you get to gauge. With that, most people don't. People will say, "Oh yeah, um, I heard that." You know, insert any popular headline right now. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And you know, whether it's sports or politics, anything. Kyrie wants to leave the Cavs. Well, I talked to thirty people today about that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like people think he's an idiot. People think he's a genius. People think. This is the best thing he could do. People think it's the worst thing he could mm-hmm. do. You get the unique perspective as a barber to get this like broad brush on local humanity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What what what's the heartbeat of the city right now? What the culture. People, the culture. Absolutely. And you know, people make fun of me all the time because I'll say I got a guy for that. Or hey, I know a guy mm-hmm. who does that. 
But it's true, <laughs> man. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I schedule out about 14 cuts a day, five days a week. Mm. And my guys range from plumbers to heart surgeons. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To musicians, to whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the part about barbering that I truly love is I'm able to I like to learn and I mm-hmm. like to I like to talk with people. I mm-hmm. like to to get to know people. So I love that about barbering. Cuz some guys, you know, they don't they don't understand this. They don't understand that when the client comes in and it doesn't mean everything turns into like a a, a bro bonding session, right. right? I mean, it doesn't have to like <laughs> Dude, like what? They touched you when you were little? Right. No, yeah. man. I mean, I'm not saying we talk about, you know, daddy issues, mommy sure, issues, yeah. uh, stepdaddy, whatever. No, I'm saying is that you at least be not only presentable physically, you know, don't go and look like a bum. Sure. But also be hospitable to people. Absolutely. You know, because at the end of the day, you're a customer service industry. You serve people at the end that's of the day. That's literally, what you do. You offer a service for people. Yeah. And, and if you look at some of the guys with 50, 60,000 followers, some of these guys are just the biggest douchebags. I mean, and, it, and then they have to be called that because they're arrogant. Yep. They're jerks. They make the, the uh, patron feel like, you know, like he's a little bug. For sure. Instead of going like, no, man, that not only can the guy's hair look good. But, you know, they research and this is like major universities have done and they've proven that a well-groomed man is more confident. Absolutely. So not only did, did you give that boost of esteem, but maybe you at least treated him like you want to be treated. Absolutely. How about that? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was talking to a buddy of mine who's a photographer recently and I said, I want you to do a book, a, a book of photos of just before and after guys walking in and not be about the haircut. I want it to be about their countenance because mm-hmm. guys walk in just like, what's up, man? Yeah, it's good to see you. And they walk out like, hey, have a great weekend. Yeah, I'll yeah. see you next time. And it's like you give them more than a haircut, man. Mm-hmm. You give them morale. You give them a boost of self-esteem. It's crazy. I, I see it all the time. Mm-hmm. And when you look good, you feel good. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, it's – because barbering is going through a major boom. Yes, it major is. boom. Yeah, and God forbid, uh, grunge come back into the picture, <laughs> or death metal, <laughs> or, or hair bands. Right. Because uh, a lot of barbers would be out of business. It's true. Because maybe they didn't nurture the relationships. And like I said, not every customer you have to be like. So tell me your problems. Yeah, right? no doubt. <laughs> no, but at least be a human being and treat them like they're worth the time that you're giving them you know what i mean yeah i had to remind someone the other day you know they got to a point where they're keeping people waiting and stuff like that and i pulled them aside i was like hey man i just want to remind you something we exist to serve them not the other way around Mm -hmm. that's just what it is so when you keep people waiting when you don't talk to them at all the whole time when you're on your phone Mm -hmm. while you're cutting that reflects on your ability to serve you know what i mean and that's the bottom line. Something I try to do is remember one thing, just one thing from from each person. Mm-hmm. I'll say, hey, last time you said you were going to the lake. How was that? Mm-hmm. One thing. And you'd be so surprised how much of a difference that makes, you know? It shows that you 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 value them. You actually paid attention. Yeah, you're invested. Yeah, that you're you're going it's because if I don't know what your shop charges, but if the price goes up 20, 25 or 30 dollars, that that person still goes it's worth it to me for sure. It's worth it to me because that man 
has a family. Yep. If I'm paying more for a gallon of milk, more for eggs. Yeah. Why can't I pay more? Because I have that loyalty. Yeah. And there's a friendship and, a, you know, a camaraderie no between doubt, the two. Man. And I, I, I think that some, like you said, you talk to some barbers or fellow barbers. I think that that has to happen. I think barbers need to kind of mentor yeah. and maybe say something because some guys don't. Some oh, guys yeah. will be like, nah, you know, on him. I don't want to be a hater. Right. They're going to be all butthurt and yeah, their feelings. Macho. Yeah, for their, sure. Their feelings, they're going to be like all sad and yeah. depressed and maybe they won't cut at the shop no more. And sure, yeah. It's, they it's have 100,000 followers. You know, God forbid they have the headlamp on for God's sakes. They have the <laughs> little you, band with all see? the clips and the black gloves and man. And I mean, I always say this, if you're out there and you're listening and you just got offended, man, then just get, buck or buck, just... Just get yourself up off the ground, man, because right? somebody's got to say it. Yeah. Somebody's got to say that this ancient profession. I did uh, research. I did a documentary, 120 Years of Barbering. These oh, two wow. old timers. One was 89 at the time. One was 75. So, I mean, these guys got some stripes, and they're yeah, still cutting. Mm-hmm. And one started in 49. The other one started in 1960. Man. Uh, both military veterans, like from a whole different time in American history. Right. One of the things I did was history, and I ended up interviewing via Skype uh, Egyptologists in London. And one of the things that was amazing was that barbering has still remained very traditional to the way it was as far as time has recorded it. Wow. Which is crazy. I cannot think of another profession that has retained the basic principles. Yeah. Of not only that, but there was a separation between barbers and cosmetologists even back then. Oh, really? There was hairdressers and then there was barbers. And the thing that separated them was the razor. Yes. Which is what in the state of California, at least. But that's the amazing thing, right? If you're a barber, if you're a barber in the house of Pharaoh, you're cutting a god. You're running the blade across the god's neck. You could, you know, let's have another god come in or, you know, I'm conspiracy or whatever. And today, when a guy sits in your chair, it's the same profession that was practiced, yeah. documented, and for guys to be making their customer wait, yep. texting, answering their calls, uh, or just walking out when they know the guy's waiting for them, and you're just like, what the? It's the worst. <laughs> it makes me cringe inside. It I, really does. Yeah, and it's, but it is, it is those things, and I think that it's the community as a whole Maybe the guy, maybe the guy will change his habits. I don't know, or maybe he'll just be so entitled where he'll be like, "I'm just doing my own damn program. Don't worry about me. Worry sure. about yourself." But reality will hit when they lose the customers. Yeah, when they're not able to to make their whatever booth rent or whatever they yeah. do, whatever their arrangement is, because then that guy, that customer, will be like, "I ain't going to that guy because oh, yeah. I saw how he treated me." When you're a couple months in and you're still operating primarily on walk-ins. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a reflection on the way you treat people. Yeah. Because Mount Zion uh, was very much like an urban shop. Full on. It was like a hip hop shop. Yeah. It, it was. It was. Yeah. They, they had the like graffiti yeah, on the wall. Game. Yeah. They had a poster Shaka. I yeah, remember. <laughs> yeah. You didn't autograph it for them, but I remember seeing it there. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, he didn't autograph it. I think I see that thing too many places. Man. Yeah. So. That's been a big change, but musically, 
one one thing I noticed about the post that you've done, right, is your music is. I mean, it takes me back straight soul music. Oh yeah, man. Which is a huge boom, once again, just like vinyl. Yes, it's a huge resurgence. Who were your musical influences? Oh man, I love that question. I love talking about music. I grew up in a home. You know, we're talking about church a lot. I grew up in a home um, that was very uh, concentrated with gospel music. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Uh, my mom was born in the mid '60s, and in the '70s comes like Edwin Hawkins, Andre Crouch, all the like LA gospel scene. And you know, those guys were making serious noise. Like when uh, when Edwin Hawkins released "Oh Happy Day," his version mm-hmm. in '68. That was the first gospel song to go number one on Billboard charts. Oh, wow. Yeah. So guys like Michael Jackson and huge pop stars of the day were calling in guys like Andre Crouch and saying, like, let's collab, Mm -hmm. which was a crazy paradigm shift for gospel music. So my mother grew up in that time period and was honestly uh, close to the circle of Andre Crouch and his choir. Um, my uncle's church, my grandfather's church, really, uh, used to hold these, they used to be involved in these things that they'd call gospel jubilees Mm -hmm. and be like 13 choirs. And we would be the only Hispanic choir Mm -hmm. and it would be all black. And they'd be like, where'd you guys learn how to sing? (laughs) (laughs) So that's just to give a little background on like the family I was born into. So I'm born into that like soul gospel scene. But I'm, I I come in in the 80s, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. my mom, when she would clean the house, I mean, it was very common to hear um, Luther Vandross, the Commodores, Marvin Gaye, Earth, Wind & Fire, Tower of Power, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's all I knew as music. I didn't really know there was other kinds of music for a long time. Mm. I remember being, uh, I think I was eight years old, and I started really listening to different things. But that's when hip-hop really, really took off for me. So, but my musical influences, like, if if I had to get a tattoo right now mm-hmm. of two guys, it would be Donny Hathaway and Albert King. Mm. Donny Hathaway, to me, is the king of soul music. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, when you when you start to follow the trickle of soul music back to the sh- to the stream and to the river and to the source, Donny Hathaway to me is the most concentrated pound for pound soul singer that ever lived he's mm-hmm. he's amazing to me and and then you go to albert king albert king came in in the stacks era mm-hmm. really was when like the label he was signed to same guy same labels like otis redding and uh sam and dave and stuff mm-hmm. and was playing blues music and albert king to me the, the older i get the more that music goes away from sound and gets into feeling mm-hmm. A good friend of mine told me recently, music is what emotions sound like. Mm. And honestly, man, without getting too uh, too deep into the philosophy of it, music's a feeling. You, you know, it makes you feel a certain way. You start dancing. It makes you feel yeah. a certain way. You can Toast have a song ever yeah. made you cry. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They make you feel. And Albert King, when he plays that guitar, he might play three notes over and over and over. But I feel everything he does, man. Mm. So, those, I mean, that's my my biggest influence big big uh, motown influence mm-hmm. stacks um soul music in general and hip-hop music hip-hop music really is 
like a cousin or like a stepbrother of soul music. I mean, that's what the essence of hip hop music was, was all those soul and jazz records. And I think that's what I gravitated towards in hip hop for so long, mm -hmm. all those samples. And when I got to the original article, I was like, that's what I liked in hip hop all mm -hmm. that time. I mean, I still love hip hop to this day. Well, if you look at it, I mean, a lot of the music, it does come. You you figure what made a human being make the tone, yeah. the, the the musical tone. Um, was it entertainment or was it, you know, some sort of reverence or offering to their right. deity yeah. or whatever? But gospel music, at least for America and a lot of Europe, Preach. is what ended up. Tell them. I mean, you listen to Zeppelin. <laughs> Man, it's just a st on steroids. For sure. Uh, Eric Clapton. You know, I mean, you go down the list. I go mean, down the Yardbirds. All these guys were trying to replicate this music from the South. Absolutely. Uh, they didn't know exactly how to. Nope. It came out sounding what Different. we call classic rock now. Yeah. Um, Elvis, and it goes on and on. But that's why, and, and Albert King, I believe he he uh, was a construction worker, right? Yeah, he he uh, drove a bull, uh, Drove a tractor. Bull, yeah. yeah, bulldozer tractor, something yeah. like that. They the called him the Velvet Bulldozer. Yeah, yeah. big man, big, big, yeah, big Yeah, big man. old dude. Yeah, he was in With huge paws. <laughs> big old hands. Playing that flying V. Flying V upside down, smoking a pipe. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I saw a video of him and Stevie Ray Vaughan. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it was kind of cool because, you know, here's Stevie Ray Vaughan, basically a prodigy, right? Oh, yeah. And... I saw a couple times uh, uh, Albert kind of had to give him some digs. Like, For I'm sure. not going to let you go, kid. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make sure you know your place. Yes, indeed. And, and you know, my place is here. Yes. And, uh, you know, which was cool to see, but I think he that's it to him. music. It, it is, like you said, it's, I think Santana just released, a, I think it's his autobiography, called it The Universal Tone. Okay. And he says, that's what music is. It, it's that thing that, it's universal in human experience. Right. The, it is. It, the the pitch may be different. Yeah. The the tempo may be different. Yeah. But tone is what brings us, whether it's in a religious service right. or at a concert, when people do cry mm -hmm. or associate memories. Oh man. Nostalgia right? factor in music. Yeah, certain songs come on and I, I I'm teleported back to my childhood yeah. and the vacuum I can still hear it going. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, there, there, there's Hold yeah. On. When you said that, the, the song that came to my mind was a song. I don't remember who sang it in the in the eighties, late eighties. I think it was called "Day and Night." Oh yeah, like something like "I Only Think of You Day and Night," mm -hmm. which is basically a stalker song. <laughs> and I remember really because yeah, I remember some girl like back then that was her song to me, and she was my stalker <laughs> <laughs> back when stalkers had to work for it but bro. they weren't yeah you couldn't get back then there was no restraining order which i told willie g because he did that yeah, there's no instagram they covered that song um it'll never be over for me oh yeah right the title right there already tells you this guy is <laughs> and i joked with them i said yeah people and he goes you know what he goes some writer once told me in the interview like you would get a restraining order now with that's you know if you oh yeah, yeah man yeah, you get a no contact order at for least. sure. <laughs> but music—that's that's the amazing part of music, and that's what I enjoyed because I saw you put clips up and you just be whatever in your house living room and you, oh, yeah, you would, your riffs. I was like, this goes back to some soul, and it's oh, not yeah. church music. It's it's it goes back to a. I guess I wouldn't call it even modern day gospel because I think too many labels would probably make it too narrow. Right. 
but I would say it goes back to the human tone. I agree. Of and then the soul of it. Uh, so I, it's hard to put a, a label on it. You know, though, I really appreciate like you being a guy who who looks past just the surface. You know what I mean? Because the funny thing is, you just explained the name, the Soul Reformation. That's that is a, almost verbatim why I called the band the Soul Reformation. Because that's your new band, right? Yeah, that's so, the band. So Shakad, you now you're doing Soul Reformation. Yeah, Shakad disbanded in like 2012, 2011. And then you came back, you came with Soul Reformation. Tell yeah. us about Soul Reformation. Well, see, I was writing a lot of soul music in Chicago, but they'd be like, that's not our sound. Well, you know what? Let me put up a clip. Yeah, I do have a clip. It. And, um, well, first I'll put up a picture. Oh. <laughs> so this picture right here, these oh, are like some thug looking rappers here. Yep. Right? Um, All the way from Joshua Tree, California. Yeah. Is that San Bernardino or Riverside County? It's San Bernardino County. San Bernardino. Yeah. Yeah. So there we have Shaka in there. With the it, baggy dickies. And, oh, um, man. It's it's not a hip. I don't I don't think you guys look hip hop. It's kind of like a. Who knows? Yeah. It's kind of like if the Beastie Boys maybe were a little bit metal, but with a lot of soul. Because I'm going to put a clip up, which. Uh, let's see. If oh, I, yeah. That I was get, our biggest video. If I get the audio working here, that'll be a good thing. Shout out to John Wells. So that's you on the vocals. Yeah, man. Me and the tonic. Redonkulous, man. Well, what I like about it is it, it, it's kind of got like this metal in the background, oh, this yeah. death metal, but it's very, it's very, very rock soul and gospel Sure. Oh, yeah. Right. And that's always what I brought to the table. Chicago was very much a melting pot of music. People think Chicago was just my brainchild, I think, because I was just the front man, but it was very collaborative. It was, mm-hmm. They would come to me with the music and I would write to that most of the time. That's how it worked most of the time. So yeah, they came to me with this track, and then I just would try to do my best. Yeah, to me, it's like if if Sebastian Bach collaborated with Kirk Franklin. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, dude. Because the, the riffs in the back are just so death metal Oh yeah, they're going in. Yeah. We we were super into like Rage Against the Machine, mm-hmm. but then The Roots were a huge influence mm-hmm. as well, and then... I've always, my whole life, listened to old gospel music. So that's always in there somehow, whether I try to or not. Yeah, so that's your cause, just so everybody could see. Yep, that was it. Uh, the, uh, I guess you could probably put any adjective you want of what, what it is. Uh, but it was, it was, you know, it had that soul. And so now you got Soul Reformation. Yeah, so Chicago, we went about 10 years, traveled all over the world, all over the United States multiple times. And then got to a point where life caught up with us and mm-hmm. some of the guys were ready to move on. And I had been writing soul music for a while. And you'll hear it in some of the later Shaka stuff. You hear me. I picked up an instrument in the meantime. Mm-hmm. I didn't play an instrument until I was in my 20s. Wow. Yeah, I was just, I started as a writer only, then started rapping my rhymes and then started singing after high school. I was way later in life. Um and then picked up an instrument even years after that. Mm. 
So you hear me start to pick up an instrument. You hear me start to implement that into Shaka a little bit. But God bless him. The guys would tell me often, a couple of the guys, don't play guitar, dude. Like, we got the music. You just rap. You're a rapper. That's what you do. So mm-hmm. just rap. And uh, it, at the time, I was so offended because, like, man, I'm trying to grow as an artist. Yeah, yeah. And you just want me to keep doing the same old thing. So I was like, I'll just, I'll just write and then whatever happens with that stuff will happen. Well, mm-hmm. when the time came that Chicago was ready to disband, I like, there's a song on the soul reformation album called none can compare. I had pitched that song to Chicago for our last album. Mm-hmm. And some of the guys were like, that's not our sound. You know what I mean? So when, when the time came for me to do something else, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted mm-hmm. to go back to soul music. So I started writing soul music with a couple friends. And, uh, again, we needed a name, right? And so with Shaka, no one ever knew how to spell that word, man. I just spelled it a few times when I was Googling it. (laughs) Everybody did. S-H-A-K-A, S-H-A-C-K-A. It's like, so I I said, I'm going to have three words that anybody could look up in a regular dictionary and know exactly how to spell. Um, And the funny thing is I had been reading the biography of Martin Luther, the reformer, Mm -hmm. right? And then, and thinking of this whole idea of what reformation looks like. Mm-hmm. And then I went and saw a prince at the forum and it changed my life. Mm. Like I knew Prince could sing obviously. And I knew he played guitar and stuff. And, and I went in a fan and I knew some of his songs, but I walked out like he controls a band like James Brown. He dances like Michael Jackson. He's got a unique voice unto himself. And he plays guitar like Jimi Hendrix. I walked out like Prince is the man. He's a he's a living legend. And mm-hmm. why don't people get that so mm-hmm. much? Um, I think I saw so much of like the pop side that I didn't realize how serious he was. So he's Prince in the revolution. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I walked out having Martin Luther on my mind and had just experienced Prince. And I came out and was like the soul reformation. That's what it needs to be. Because I wanted to in a sense reform like what does reform mean just like go back to the original intent so i was like i want to reform soul music i want to go back to the genuine article that is soul music Mm -hmm. let's go back and make real soul music and then being kind of a double entendre with the soul of man a reformation Mm -hmm. of the soul the Mm -hmm. original intent of man was to dwell with god i mean in Mm -hmm. the garden when he was created that's what he did he hung Mm -hmm. out with god so I thought, shoot, man, let's go back to the original plan <laughs> of the soul as, as it exists in, in the human, as well as soul as we identify with it as music. Mm-hmm. So it was a reformation of soul in both ways for me. Because yeah, if you think about it, you look at like Al Green. Yeah. Man. And a lot of his music, his early music especially, it's, it's very spiritual. It's not a religious on. music. But it's very spiritual, you know, cool, huh? take me to the river. Sam Cook. I mean, yeah, you, you see these guys and then you kind of have maybe the bad boys of soul music, which would be the Wilson blues. Pickett. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But, uh, well, you know, it was interesting when you were talking about Prince, because I always say Prince is what if Jimi Hendrix would have kept playing, if yeah. he would have been alive, because he he had that. He you know? really did. He had. And, and I think if people look at some of Jimi Hendrix, even his off kind of bootleg stuff. Yeah. It's very soulful. It's very oh, much Prince-like, on. which Jimi Hendrix was influenced by Albert King. 
Absolutely, he was. <laughs> I'll tell you this straight up, direct link. Nobody guy, no Jimi Hendrix, as we know. Oh yeah, buddy guy. Yeah. He would sit in those clubs and watch Buddy Guy. Mm-hmm. That's where he got the behind the back guitar thing, where he got the play with your teeth mm-hmm. thing. He he would study Buddy Guy. Yeah. Like those buddy Guy's still alive. Pioneers. Oh, he's still going. Absolutely. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's. I don't know. He just celebrated a birthday. I just Toronto. saw him, man. Maybe like four months ago. Yeah. I saw him down in the low desert, and uh, he's getting up there, man. But he was still playing. Yeah. yeah. And he was standing up because I saw a Baby before he passed. Sitting. Rest in peace. And he was sitting by that time. Wow. But buddy guy's still standing and still playing. Mm. So yeah. Soul Reformation, that's what it is. It's bringing back, going back to the soul, not yes. only of music, but of the human condition, right? Yeah, man. Because if you, you look at that, you look at Al Green hits, any of these guys, Otis Redding, Sam Cooke, all these guys, the music, it was speaking to something within people. Something deeper. It wasn't like, you know, Chuck Berry's different, right? Right. Riding along in my automobile. Yeah. My baby beside me by the wheel, whatever. Sure. It's just everyday life. Yeah. But these other guys, this soul music, it was speaking of pain, loss, gain, heartaches, yep. doubt, Absolutely. a lot of stuff, right? We just talked, it'll never be over for me. Right. Somebody who can't cope with whatever. Right? Yeah, man. Um, and that's the stuff that continues on. And it speaks to the human person because it resonates. It does. And you brought up Chuck Berry. Watch what kind of attention it gets. Yeah. It's funny because you put on Chuck Berry and it makes you want to do something else. Mm. And with all due respect, Chuck Berry's amazing. Yeah. He's a legend. I don't want to take anything from him. But you put Chuck Berry on and it's like, hey, let's have a conversation. Or, hey, let's strike up the barbecue. Or let's do something it's else. Like, it's like uh, thematic music. More like, yeah. let's do something, right? Right. Let's- music for life. Like you yeah. just kind of put it on and it's background music mm-hmm. in a sense. It, it, it'll get you feeling a certain way, but. It doesn't command the same kind of tension where you put on Al Green and sometimes you just got to stop and sit there like, man, that's real. You know? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a deeper thing, yeah. man. I love that lyric where it says, uh, if I had to walk to the garden again, you'd be the flower I'd pick. Come on. And I'm like, what the? Yeah, Dude, that's man. deep stuff. No man. doubt. Um, and that's the music. And matter of fact, I do have, let's see, I do. So how many people are in the band? Man. So this is a picture of Soul Reformation. Yep. I don't know if it's the current, but how many people are in the band? So yeah, this was about a year ago. Um the Soul Reformation has been as many as twelve and has been as low as four, five. Because you guys have what are the instruments in typically? Uh the typical construct of the Soul Reformation would be bass drums, uh myself on vocal and guitar, an extra guitar, saxophone, percussion, couple background singers keys mm. i mean at a the time there's two keyboard players and plus all that and a couple more horns it's like um, an ensemble it's it's not just uh yeah. you know a band it, oh man yeah it's it's uh it's like an ensemble and it changes because you know to be to be dead honest not everybody has the budget to bring out a 10-piece soul band mm-hmm. you know what i mean like you might be playing a smaller venue and they don't have that much money mm-hmm. so we'll come as five and can you do that? Well, then I'll come by myself. <laughs> you know, so that that's what I wanted to do. Because with Chicago, we were always so locked in as the four, which was great. And it was a, very much a band experience. But with the Soul Reformation, I wanted a little more freedom to be able to do bigger or smaller, depending on how mm-hmm. it went, you know. Yeah, Europe, Europe is a big, big fan of soul music. Europe, oh yeah, man. Huge fan of music in general. Just different genres that come from America yeah. that are nostalgic in a way and yeah. authentic and original absolutely yeah you guys are in a cover band no, no right you're not, not gonna yeah 
No, and that's it's funny you say that because I only recently started playing some covers, mm-hmm. and it's the first time I've ever really done that. Soul Reformation was always original music. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I did. Uh, I did happen to find a, a video oh, of yeah. the Soul Reformation. Oh yeah, so I'll put that yeah, on. That was, this was just about a year ago now. <laughs> Very Jimi Hendrixing. Yes. Yeah. Wait till tomorrow, maybe? Is that what it is? Yeah, it's called When Tomorrow Comes. Oh, think I want to wait till tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. Inspired by that, also inspired by uh, Sam and Dave Shotgun. It totally. The, the beat. Yeah. yeah. I love that stuff. Act like your car's breaking down. Okay. <laughs> 5 0, 5 0 in right. the neighborhood. Also, shout out to Randall for the beard shape. Beard shape. <laughs> it was to care. Of me. So that, this is the music, man. I mean, this is the yeah, music man. of Soul Reformation, um, and I enjoy it, man. I enjoy it. Like I said, it, it, it is. It's it's that hearkening back to the music that I've enjoyed. You know, sure, as, as growing up and and even now as an adult, man. When I listen to music. Yep. it's finding that good old music, the soul music. Just, you know, even there's a lot of people doing it now. You have there is. Well, the late, great Sharon Jones. Absolutely. Charles Bradley, Lee yep. Fields. Liz Weiss. Uh, yeah, the list goes on. Daptone is doing tons of oh, crazy man. stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 really resonating with people. Maybe not so much here in the States. Right. Not uh, yet. Yeah. Well, but you know. London usually kind of shows us where we're going next yeah yeah they they do have a, a great i mean even nick waterhouse he's not selling out big venues right uh but he's 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 working you yeah, know, he's man. a working musician but That's uh, all you can ask for yeah overseas it's it's a big thing and i hope people out there that they really tune into this stuff and you brought your guitar along i did which is badass <laughs> hopefully it's not too vulgar but uh, that that's why the building will fall down when i walk in <laughs> Come on, man. I'm like, something holds up my halo. It's the horns. Mm. Uh, you going to do a couple songs? Absolutely. Yeah, so go ahead and um, if you want, go ahead and grab a water if you want another one. Oh, cool. Or if you want, yeah, just go ahead and grab right. it. Let me grab my Yeah, let's do it. How's that sound? Does that sound good to you? Sounds great. So, what, tell tell us what song you're gonna sing, background, and sure. Um, I'll sing this song first. It's called "There Is a Hope." You know, I would like to talk about the background a little bit. I wrote this song um, with somebody else in mind entirely. Mm-hmm. It was actually a close friend of mine who was going through a really hard time. And <clears throat> I at the time, I wasn't, I wasn't really getting through to him. I, I was trying to connect, and I couldn't really get a hold of him. And he wanted it that way. He needed some time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I literally sat there in my living room and picked up one of my old guitars and just started playing two chords back and forth. 
I just was, I was just thinking about him, you know what I mean? And I wrote this song for him. Nice. And this was maybe two years ago that I wrote this song and it's called There Is A Hope. Um, today, mm-hmm. I need this song. Mm. There, there came a time where I was singing it live and thought, I wrote this for him, but I need this. You know what I mean? So that's that's what it, this song's called. There is a hope. It goes like this. For the lonely, for the lost, for all the tired souls wandering out there. In the dark Oh, for the weary now And for the scared For all the downtrodden people Just crippled with fear Oh, there is hope Lord, there's a living hope But you gotta believe But you gotta believe, yeah, yeah For the lonely For the cold To all the cast aside children Both young and old Oh, for the jaded now And for the used For all the hard-hearted people They're hurt and confused Oh, there is hope Lord, there's a living hope Hold on, there is hope But you gotta believe Cause I was walking, was walking down the back street And that's when you came, you came and stood beside me, oh yes you did You grabbed my hands and you picked me up Said I don't have to be, ain't gonna be, I'll never be alone no more. Good Lord, that was hope. But I had to believe. But I had to believe, yeah, yeah, yeah.
<laughs> Man, that that's you know I, I what I enjoy about that song is, and I think just like in all your music, I. Uh, you could have a good human message, man. It's it's not, like I said, it's not church. It's not like preaching, you know. Right. It's just like the good old soul music, man. That 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 found people wherever they're at. Yeah, maybe man. you're maybe you're good. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're good, or maybe you're you're going through something. Who doesn't need to hear that? You know what I mean? Who I'm, doesn't need a little bit of hope? <laughs> with without hope, you know, you're stuck in 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 uh, this you know really terrible life has i think that's what i totally g i said you know i could do life without pain and that's oh, not just yeah. physical pain but i mean mental emotional spiritual there's things that we go through yeah. we lose loved ones we lose people we love uh kids will whatever life can suck Absolutely. in other words but what gets us through it yeah you know and sometimes music is the the pathway to 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 lift up our spirits, which is not physical. Right. Right. It's that one part of us that we don't know where it's at. Yeah. It doesn't show up on the x-ray or MRI. <laughs> and yet they, they believe that these things exist. No doubt, man. So, uh, you have another song you want to play? Sure. I'd love to go ahead and just share whatever background or whatever you want on it. This song's called uh, Lover of My Soul. And it was very much written around the time that I was talking about earlier when I was talking about a reformation of the soul. I was I was really uh, intrigued by what is what is the soul? What what are we like you say? What is that thing that we can't touch with our fingers? You know what I mean? Um, So this this song just speaks to a love beyond human interaction you know what i mean something something else and uh it's a little more upbeat it goes like this you reveal yourself and mysteries unfold open storehouses in heaven and you rain down blessings untold And it all remains It never dulls, it never fades Oh, it's your majesty and glory That great love that you display Oh, right now, oh, lover of my soul you're who I'm created for, I'm your child now Ooh, everything I love and need That's what you're giving me, I'm home now Through it all you have been the one, yes you have You've been my portion and my substance You're my heart's only song 
And you never leave, never leave me all alone. I'm not forsaken, not abandoned. Like a child without a home. Oh, right now, oh, lover of my soul, you're who I'm created for. I'm your child now, 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 now. Ooh, and everything I'll ever need, well, that's what you're giving me. I'm home now. Ooh, Ooh lover of my soul, you're who I'm created for. I'm your child now. That's what you're giving me I'm home now. <laughs> yeah, the radio version. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's got that, you know, they, what do they call some of those licks? The Neo Soul. Yeah, full on. Right? Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's that just that rhythm, you know? Yeah, man. Uh, if, you, if you had to, to pick an Albert King song, that you're like, man, this is it. Walking the back streets and crying. You gonna play that one? I don't know that song. <laughs> I wish I did. <laughs> you know any um, of the songs? I played uh that I mean honestly though, even when I on that song I did first, when it goes uh I was walking, walking down the back street. That's why I said that. Mm. I mean Albert King's talking about losing a love to the point that he didn't know how to go on with his life he's like mm -hmm. now i walk the back streets and cry you know what i'm saying mm. and that song hits me so hard every time i hear it um it's off the album i want to get funky but uh pff, it's one of the heaviest songs ever man mm. but there's a song that i have that uh is heavily inspired by him if you want to hear that one yeah Decision must be made Temptation rears its ugly head And I'm I'm caught in the middle of it How can I get away this time I know you've provided An escape for me And I don't don't want to play games No, I don't want to play games We all good love Cause it's your grace mm. It's your good grace I want to be In the middle of to this but time and time and time again I give in like a foolish man and I I always regret that mess see my will and my bones are tired 
but you won't deserve me. You'll never leave me alone, and I don't, I don't want to play games. That I just don't want to, I can't play games with your good love. Oh no, cause it's your grace It's that good grace I want to be Ooh, right there sitting back and I was listening to you and I'm thinking you know I don't I don't know if soul music can you know I'm not sure if it means the same anymore to people hmm. you know uh for maybe the people back then in the 60s you know soul was kind of that that deep deep existence you know that knowing maybe they were going through segregation and prejudice and no human rights in a country of freedom and so soul meant something marvin gay what's going on oh come on man that means something you know that means oh, yeah. so much more and so i i almost hesitate now to, to say like man your soul music it's sure it's uh it's real yeah and you know that's the thing is like if you want to talk about the relatability of soul music, people ask me all the time in the chair, like, what kind of music do you do? 
when I say, oh, I'm a musician. I say soul music. And they go, oh, hmm, what is that? Mm. You know what I mean? It's funny. Because to me, soul was like, soul was all I knew as music for a long time. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell them, you love soul music. <laughs> They'll be like, what? I don't even know what it is. And I'll say, you ever heard Ain't Too Proud to Beg? You ever heard My Girl? Mm-hmm. You ever heard Just My Imagination? Heard it through the grapevine? And they're like, oh, man, it's classic. Everybody loves that. I'm like, yeah, I know. Amy Winehouse? Oh, man, come on. Yeah, see, when you were talking about the ones doing it even now, I can name the amount of female singers that I really love on, like, one or two hands. Man. Mm-hmm. I'm not super into that, but Amy Winehouse, man, was one of the exceptions for me. She was... She went a whole different... But it was back. It was going back. It's going back, but making it modern in a way, not... Yeah. Trying to create something new. Right. She didn't create anything new. Not at all. Yeah, she, no. She just captured, just like you, you're capturing right. that, maybe that part of people that f- maybe they've forgotten. Sure. Because they didn't grow up. Maybe their parents didn't. Maybe their parents were listening to Nirvana. No doubt. Or Red Heart Chili Peppers. Sure, yeah. Who, who are also kind of soulful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Red Heart Chili Peppers, at least. They covered Stevie, man. Yeah. And Kurt Cobain was a fan of Lead Belly, so, yeah, true. you know, uh, a little indirect stuff there, but. To, to recapture that right. just like people now right it's not only the the haircuts they want the authentic traditional but also even in food and cuisine yeah they want the wholesome stuff they're not yes, they do going for the burger king mcdonald's they want the all natural vegan gluten-free i don't even know what the hell gluten is but <laughs> don't put it in my food right yeah uh, what are they looking for that wholesomeness yeah they're looking for substance Forever, we've given them the opposite of that and told them, this is what you need. Mm. And we got to the bottom of that fry holder, and we got to the bottom of that Coca-Cola, and Mm. we got to the bottom of every other thing that we were given and told it was wholesome and went, I feel terrible. (laughs) Exactly. I'm not full. Mm -hmm. Hey, it's 10 years later, and I just gained 40 pounds. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And we go, that can't be it. That can't be the truest thing I could put in my body, right? Mm -hmm. Or music. Uh, You know, we find out that artists don't even write their stuff and it's all some think tank of pop culture. Mm -hmm. And So you mean Dr. Dre didn't write all his music? (laughs) A lot of guys making money still off him? No doubt, man. Um, But, but, you know, we get to the end of that and we go, well, what's the truest thing then? If if this is just some ploy to sell records, then what's the truest music out there? Mm-hmm. And we run to what we know. We run to the, the original article of it all. And shoot, man, you run to the original article, like you said, of music in America. You're going to find yourself in the church. You're going to find yourself in, in mm-hmm. a pew listening to some gospel in the South. Mm-hmm. And from there, you know, Ray Charles takes a step and crosses over. Mm-hmm. And a lot of guys start becoming aware of this sound and like you said classic rock doesn't exist without blues Mm-mm. and blues doesn't exist without gospel exactly I mean, it all goes back so you know we we as people want something deeper we want the truest version of whatever is in front of us mm-hmm. you know what i mean I, I want no filler i want just truth the real deal the real deal that's a better way to say it and you yeah. could know you know it because the way it affects, the way, yeah. you know, sound waves, the way they travel. No doubt. They just don't, it doesn't enter 
it moves around even yes, after does. we hear it. Yeah. It continues moving. In this room, I did everything I could to stop the sound Deaden waves. That up. Yeah. And they, it's a dead room. Yeah. But when I learned, just like you and I talking, it's going back and forth and oh, yeah. started bouncing to different Reflection. angles. Yeah. It doesn't just go from me to you. Right. And end. Right. It taps further. And it doesn't stop. That That's the crazy part. And you know, it's crazy because like, like we were talking about, even take something like a haircut and mm-hmm. like people want, they want that throwback. This is a highly skilled trade laborer, really mm-hmm. a serv- service provider. Um, if you went into a barbershop and they washed your hair and blow dried it and convinced you that your hair didn't need to be cut, you'd walk out of there like, wait, didn't I walk in there for a haircut? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But that's what happens to us so often. Yeah, We'll go looking for it. I want nutrition. I want wholesome food. And we go to McDonald's and we walk out with our bellies full kind of and then go, wait a second. Why do I feel terrible? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you, you know it was bad. Yeah, man. Yeah. Not, not that one. I don't indulge every now and then. Yeah. Actually, with, with this whole situation that I've gone through this last right. little over a year, I went about 85% vegetarian for okay. a while. Yeah. Um, and just the change in my body, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, full on. It was. It felt like, is this what I'm supposed to feel like right. normal as a human being? That's not, you know, bodies and produce. Anyways, but it is. It's it's knowing what's real and what's beneficial, just like music, right? It's not that negativity all the time. Sometimes they have to say it. Somebody's has to say it. Yeah. Uh, Chuck D had to say it, man. Yeah, he did. He had to say it. And it struck a chord it takes a because nation of millions, man. society was going through what it was going through. And that's music. Music also is, I, and I don't want to be all cliche and, and cheesy how they say music's the soundtrack for life. Yeah, art know? imitates life. This but, is just reality. But it is that thing that allows us to attach moments in time yep. and experiences with something other than ourselves. For sure. The sound. Yeah, absolutely. And it's crazy because you can sit in a classroom all day long and hear a professor talk to you about something or you can watch a movie about something or you could have a conversation like this about something and it might not hit you. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. You might be driving in your car one day and turn on the radio and hit you clear as day. C.S. Lewis said that art is the little kid that can sneak past the sleeping dragon when the knight in his armor cannot. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, Art is another median. And and the beautiful thing about art is I don't have to only write about what I've been through. Mm. I can write about the human condition. I can write about what I want the future to look like. Mm-hmm. I can I can write about something that happened 50 years ago. You know what I mean? The beautiful thing about art is it has a voice, you know, and it can speak. Yeah. And sometimes it could speak where speak and be heard where other forms of communication don't don't really work. And yeah. vice versa. But yeah, it, it 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 reaches in, kind of in a subversive way. Yeah, sometimes it's direct, but also subversively. For sure. So, what what's the future? What do you got going on project wise? Man, I have been writing and recording so much music. Mm. Um, I took almost a year off mm-hmm. completely from music, and have been um, just living life. And mm. in that year, um, I wrote almost three albums worth of material wow yeah so i've been writing so much 
I'm hesitant to play it because there's no, then you'll never hear it again for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of new stuff coming quickly. Um, a whole new album from the Soul Reformation, which will be coming quicker than most. And then a whole other different project that I'm also experimenting with right now uh, called Black Narnia. Mm. So that's a whole, that's me kind of getting back to my hip hop roots a little bit. Mm. Yeah. Cause the, the thing with, the thing with styles of music is they all do something different. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And with my growth as a human and as a musician, I wanted to, the reason I got into soul music heavy is because I wanted to get into the feeling of music, the emotion of music. Mm-hmm. The great thing about hip hop, something that I always appreciated about it was it has a voice like not a lot of other genres where where soul music is is almost the conversation in a coffee shop mm-hmm. hip-hop music is the street corner preacher on a soapbox mm-hmm. you know what i mean like no matter what you're preaching about what you're talking about hip-hop has a voice man and mm-hmm. if you have a message to get across hip-hop is one of the best medians to do that in, mm-hmm. in music um so i've been been dabbling with so you got you got that. three albums locked and loaded just yep ready to go ready yeah, to go one album is a new soul reformation album that a lot of people have been hitting my dms up asking about. Mm. <laughs> another one is this black narnia project which will be for for like the shaka fans mm-hmm. they'll probably dig this stuff even though it's a lot more of a mature sound and it's still really soulful but there's there is more hip-hop element in is there that. a little bit of steve vice somewhere in the background there's not not okay, in this stuff not, okay <laughs> and on and then i also have been writing um songs that i'm just gonna put out under my own name that are like we've been talking about tonight that are just life songs mm. they're uh they're just stories i'm gonna i'm gonna release an album called it's just gonna be called stories nice. and it's just me telling a bunch of different stories some are me some are not some are people i know some are just fictional you mm. know what i mean but yeah i've been i've been writing a lot man more than ever Man, that's awesome, man. Not only are you handling business in the barbershop, but, yeah. you know, being uh, productive as a musician and uh, right. being creative. Yeah. And uh, inspiring people. And uh, I've had a blast, man. Have you had a good time? Oh, absolutely, man. It's, I, I love talking about music and life and all that. I appreciate you having me on. Especially on the 13th floor of Whittier's tallest building. Here we are, man. How opulent is it, man? Marble floors. It's unbelievable, yeah. It's like Trump Tower. Even when I went to the restroom and the guy uh, (laughs) dried my hands for me, that was amazing. (laughs) He gave you a mint, right? Thanks, dude. Yeah, I tipped him. (laughs) I know what it's like to be in the service industry. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Our doorman, he was pretty nice, wasn't he? Absolutely, yeah. I I noticed he uh, had a little something tucked. Yeah, you know, we got to keep security because, you know, yeah, yeah, Whittier, where everything is prettier. Um. No man, thank you for coming by and making the time. Absolutely, always. I always have time for things like this to be yeah, able to build. Yeah. Absolutely. And where can they find you? You know what? Best place to find me right now is Instagram. Mm-hmm. My Instagram is just my name, Brendan McPeak. All these. It's the only vowel I got. Mm-hmm. Brendan McPeak. Um, the Soul Reformation has an Instagram as well. Just the Soul Reformation. That's it. Mm. Uh, the website, thesoulreformation.com. But honestly, follow me on Instagram. You know everything that's happening. Get up, up to date absolutely yeah so make sure you check out uh brendan mcpeak on instagram and also soul reformation is also on instagram uh so you could keep up with them and see where they're playing or what yeah when they'll be playing or any projects that are coming out yes so is there anything else you wanted to cover before we check check the uh check instagram for upcoming shows because we are starting to play out again 
very mm-hmm. soon. So we'll, we'll actually be playing some shows here in Southern California. Nice. Just got back from, uh, just did a fly out in Missouri. We were playing out there. But we'll be back local again. Nice. Coming up real soon. Yeah. Yeah, make sure you check them out. So this is The Lodgecast. So until next time, be well, my friends.